Well, hello folks and or welcome, of course, to We The Peeps. This is the American Soccer Podcast in which you are going to get to know everything that you need to know about the U.S. WNT. I'm Clayton and I'm a rapper. I'm Kwame and I am a doctor. And we love the Nats. Let's go, She Believes. We believe. It's We The People. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. Folks, the game was, of course, USA versus England. And it was a cracker, I would say. It was a fun game. Um, lots of lots of tense moments. Could have gone either way. Uh, all decided by just a couple moments of brilliance. Uh, but we will get into all that. First of all, please, please do... Follow us on Twitter, if you could, at WTPPod. Um, reach out to us, talk to us, say stuff with us, type stuff with us, do that. It's kind of fun, you know, sometimes. and Sometimes it's incredibly fun. So think about it. Also, uh, if you enjoy this show, one of the number one things you can do for us is rate and review the show. Five stars, please. Please do that. Makes a big difference. And I think that's it for housekeeping. Kwame, let's dive right in here. This game was tense. It was tight. England had a lot of chances. It was, of course, the first of three games in the She Believes Cup. And uh, we won it 2-0 thanks to a brilliant golasso from Kristen Press in the early in the second half followed by a little Carly Lloyd action as well. The assist from Lindsey Horan, just an absolute peach. Uh, it was a fun game. It was an interesting game. We got to see a lot of familiar faces um, and a, a good old-fashioned W. So now we're going into these uh, second two games with an advantage, um, but lots to talk about here in this first game. Kwame, what were your first impressions? So uh, I actually walked away from the game uh, with a different impression from you. I thought that the U.S. was far superior to England. It was close on the scoreline. Uh, England had, you know, one or two really good chances, but uh, they they really most of the game was played in England's half of the field. Uh, and the U.S. was far more aggressive. And really the only reason I felt that England was in the game is that the U.S. spurned a bunch of chances. Uh, I thought this easily could have been a game that the U.S. won four or five to one, um, and that would have been a fair scoreline. You, you didn't think that England had a bunch of closies, more than just one or two? I felt like England had... I agree with you that the U.S. had the edge. They looked the better team. Uh, but it did feel to me like there were maybe more than that, four or five England chances that that really could have gone. Yeah, I disagree. I mean, the, the, I would say the clearest chance that England had was off the corner kick that was flicked on from the near post and uh, Nair dove at it just at the same time as the England midfielder Jill Scott went for it and somehow uh, Scott ended up putting it high looping over the bar. Uh, that probably should have been a goal. Um, you know, ninety percent of the chance that should have been a goal. But, um, but aside from that, I think um, England had some shots from tight angles. I think Paris forced a Nair to come off of her line to smother uh, on one occasion, um, but uh, she really didn't have much of an angle there. Um, uh, there was another, you know, kind of opportunity where Paris on the right was. 
uh, kind of got behind the defense, um, but didn't really do much with it. Um, and I think that's a little bit of a story with her. Um, but I thought that the U.S. Uh, the I thought that the U.S. had many, many more chances that were of equal quality and better, um, and that England really didn't have much of a uh, much of an attacking presence in this game. Like they sort of got things here and there, but right. was there ever was there ever a time of sustained pressure from England? Not the entire game. I would say that the answer to that is no. Um, so uh, I thought that you know the U.S. was head and shoulders in this game, which I wasn't, which I wasn't expecting. You wasn't know, expecting, I, right? Because there's some expectation right. that you know there's this talk uh, on on the broadcast and otherwise of of England maybe coming of age as as the U.S.'s main competitors, uh, top primary rivals, uh, next top next top uh, fashion. What's the thing? Next top. Next, uh, America's next top model or whatever that, uh, that England is the new rival. Um, and it sounds like you're not buying it. Yeah. I mean, that was, you know, that was one of the questions that was my thought as well. Um, they, they, they won the She Believes Cup last year. Um, they had, um, beaten us, uh, I think in, uh, they've beaten us a couple of times. Uh, they certainly pressed us close in the World Cup semifinal, um, you know, if Nair doesn't save that penalty kick, um, you know, it's 2-2 and, and who knows. But, um, but you know, they've also been um, talking a lot uh, since then. Um, they have, there also is a dislike, I think, for us. And I think it's starting to go back the other way. But England has uh, struggled post-World Cup. Uh, I think they've played six games and they've won uh, two of them and lost three. Um, they had a big game against Germany in Wembley, sort of like a post-celebration, post-World Cup celebration. I think they ended up losing that game. Uh, and so they they have not been, they have not been firing on all cylinders since the World Cup. Um, you know, there's a World Cup hangover, but uh, I expected, I expected more out of them in this game. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, emblematic of this is Ellen White, Right. So she in the World Cup semifinal, she scores the England's goal against us. And she's also the one that draws the penalty kick late in the game that Nair ends up saving. And she has always been a player that was a handful for us. How many times did Ellen White's name get said in that game? England's best attacker not a tied for most goal in the World Cup. She was not existent. She took one. Uh, she had one header that went wide that I can remember, but she was in an offside position. And then there was another time where she took a shot from way outside the penalty um, area from a bad angle, which was this sort of typical frustrated striker's shot that uh, Nair gathered up very safely and comfortably. Yeah, she, she just like uh, cradled. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I didn't think that uh, I didn't think that England offered uh, too much. I thought that we were still rusty. And let's also remember, um, England's players, almost all of whom, I think all of whom may play, either play in France or England, they're in the middle of their seasons, um, coming towards the end. They're all, they're, you know, they're all match sharp. The U.S., uh, we came off of Olympic qualifying, but that was off of a rest. We're not in our season. Most of these players are preseason. So, if there was going to be a sharper team um, that was cleaner on the ball, 
you would expect it to be England, and that really was not the case, in my opinion. So why do you think that is? What do you think, what's, what's happening here? Because England looked good in the World Cup, has the talent to, to be all that, and mm-hmm. it's not like we were playing a totally different roster than what the U.S. Run, ran out in the World Cup. So, so what's the difference here? Uh, so uh, that's a good question. You know, I haven't been following England um, as closely. It's a little tricky from from this side of the pond. Um, I will say that um, I think they were missing a couple of people to injury. Um, so Lucy Bronze, who's probably their best player, um, was is was out. I think with an injury, and um, uh, um, I'm blanking on. Um, one of the other players who plays in the NWSL, uh, oh, Rachel Davies, uh, I believe. Um, she wasn't in this game, and I think she was injured as well. Um, but, you know, they weren't, those are difficult players to miss. But, you know, the U.S. also didn't start Megan Rapino, and Alex Morgan isn't here. So it, it's not as if um, there's this wild disparity. Uh, England is in an interesting position in this uh, in this round of friendlies, because they have the Olympics coming up as well, um, but they're going to be competing as Team Great Britain, uh, because that's how England participates in the Olympic Games. Weird. So they're going to be England plus Scotland plus Wales plus Northern Ireland. Bizarre. So they're is that, going. Is that also from, true for the, on the men's side? Sorry. Side note. Yeah, that's true on the men's side. That's wow, true for all. So strange. That's true for throughout the entire, um, you know, kind of British Olympic team because they have a British Olympic. It, it's it's this weird sort of administrative thing. But yeah, all of the um, all of the British uh, athletes participate under one banner in the Olympics. Huh. So the men's team, the women's team, but, you know, also like, you know, uh, handball and you totally, know, totally all that stuff. Weird. So they're going from, you know, 23 to maybe like 15 or 14 plus a couple of Welsh and Scottish players, presumably. Uh, so we don't really know what that is going to look like. And maybe that's in the mind of these players as well. Um, that's just like an odd situation. You've got the cut down. You're trying to bounce back and improve from the World Cup, but things haven't gone well. It looked to me like their confidence was a little low and there was a little uncertainty. Uh, these are all kind of speculations, but uh, they didn't they didn't really show up. Um, now, um, Phil Neville also uh, started some younger players who I think he's trying to see how they do uh, and, you know, playing them against the U.S. Uh, in a tournament like this. Um, is uh you know is a good test good minutes. Uh, i would say that yeah i would say actually the english player that stood out to me the most was hemp uh who was like a young uh forward that was often on the left and i think centrally uh i was really impressed with her energy and um and attacking drive and she was matched up against kelly o'hara a lot of the game and i don't think o'hara had her strongest game but i think there was definitely times where she was tested and kind of had to use like her veteran experience to um you know win the sort of positional battle uh because she wasn't uh one-on-one it was going to be a little tricky for her so i was impressed with with that player um uh and uh stanway um who was another young player who they played in the midfield 
stood out in other ways, which um, maybe we'll talk about later on, which I didn't think were so great, but um, from a sportsmanship side of things. But um, wait, how about we talk about it right now? What? It, okay. Yeah. So, uh, w- part of the evidence for me that England was lacking a little confidence and didn't play all that well is that from the beginning. They seem to be very um, making a lot of protestations to the ref, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, protesting every foul or non-foul, throw-ins. Oh, you're talking about the very audible caught on mic uh, explicit content. That occurred. Uh, n- not that's actually not so what I'm um, uh, not so okay. much. What I'm there, there about. was some of that. I think it was Paris. Yeah, I, in Paris. Yeah, but there was a lot of you know there was a lot of that sort of. I don't know if gamesmanship is quite the right word, but it was this sense of hey, you know, uh, this isn't unfair. Like pushing for you know, pushing for every advantage you can get, and. But not in the way where I would sort of expect it. I mean, I expected this to be kind of a hard-fought, um, you know, nail-biting game, toe-to-toe, some physical, uh, some physical play, um, some uh, some gamesmanship, some strategery, some time wasting, and it Str- seemed like that's what we were going to get. That's a skill yeah, tree in Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it seemed like we were going to get that in the first 10 minutes of the game. And I think that's what the U.S. was poised for. But it, over time, it kind of seemed like they were doing that not because they were expecting this to be a hard-fought game, but because they didn't actually feel confident in their ability to win yeah. otherwise. Um, and the reason that Stanway is sort of sticking out in my mind uh, is, um, you know, a couple of incidents, um, but the primary one with her is early in the second half. Um, there was uh, a play, yeah, I think it was off of a corner kick or a free kick in the U.S.'s defensive area. And the ball bounces around, it comes to Tobin Heath, who is trying to start basically a counterattack. Uh, and the England player Stanway uh, you know, tries to grab her, right? And, you know, sort of break up the counterattack professional foul, oh, right? The, uh, the no problem pull. there. Right. But what she ends up doing is first going for the jersey and doesn't get the jersey, goes to grab again, grabs Tobin by Heath by the hair and, you know, sort of pulls her back, right? Epic. Which is, you know, that's pretty... Uh, it's pretty low. You know, that's, that's pretty, it's pretty dirty. So, um, you know, that... And then I think she also kind of had a pretty heavy tackle on Carly Lloyd kind of later on. And... Yeah, you know, it was that it was that sort of thing that I was like, ah, oh, that's you know, that's not what you do if you're going toe to toe with someone you're as good at at soccer. You know, yeah, that's something. If you're like, oh, we're a little desperate, and oh, you know, I, they can't they can't get away from me, and I'm just going to do anything and everything. A little bit of uh, particularly kind of odd. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, England didn't really kind of show up. I thought that the U.S. played well um but i was very irritated at the end of the first half that it was still zero zero um and irritated in the sense of it's zero zero and we should be destroying this team uh we should be you know we should be up at least two goals and you know completely squashing their spirit 
and, you know, sort of doing what we want and putting any, you know, putting an end to any idea that they might have that they can hang with us, that they're, they're, they're starting to be our rival. And we hadn't done that. And if this was a competitive game, if this was like the world cup, I'd be very tense and kind of nervous and, you know, uh, thinking about, oh, what do we need to change, you know? And, but because it was a friendly and in, in this kind of situation, I was like, come on guys, come on, let's, you know, let's, uh, you know, let's, let's show them what we've got. So didn't feel friendly. Didn't feel friendly. No, it didn't. So we did. We we did end up kind of breaking the door down at some point, um, and it came from from a Kristen Press uh, Galasso. It was beautiful. This was a beautiful goal. Can we can we finally agree that Kristen Press should be starting? Is that are we there yet? I mean, she's making it really hard <laughs> it's, to. It's you insane, know. dude. This goal you is know? ridiculous. Uh, and I would say prior to that goal. Um, I would, Kristen Preston kind of had an indifferent first half in my mind. That's um, true. But as did Tobin Heath. As did Tobin Heath. And Car- and and maybe Carly Lloyd as well. Yeah. And I would say that my, my feeling about the indifferent first half for Kristen Press was actually a lack of selfishness, um, in that goal, right? That was a that was a great goal. That was a fabulous goal. I'm actually rewatching it as we're talking. So uh, good. It's so but good. But it was she cuts, also... She cuts to the right, and she just rips it. Yeah. But she also, you know, she also receives the ball and, and, and on the half turn, turns really well, um, kind of fools the, the right back who's coming up to try to close her. And, you know, and it was great work also by Julie Ertz, of course, sliding tackle to win it. Carly yeah. Lloyd to yeah. hold off and find her. Surprise, um, but surprise, Julie Ertz, times, is at the, uh, Julie Ertz is at the heart of things. Yeah, surprise, surprise, no surprise whatsoever. Uh, but earlier in the first half, there were times where Kristen Press, I thought, should have been more selfish. There's one that particularly sticks out where she's kind of at the top of the 18, kind of just outside the D, and the ball comes to her and she's got lots of time and space and the ball isn't really fizzed into her. And instead of taking the ball and turning and attacking at goal, she sort of waits and waits and then one touches it to a player coming on. I think it might have been Carly Lloyd or maybe Tobin Heath, who were you know in a decent position, but not a better position than her if she turned and went at goal. Uh, and I think that maybe part of the discussion that Vlatko had at halftime was you know Kristen be more selfish take you know it. you can take it. take it you can you can score and that's kind of and that's what she she what she did on that goal and it was spectacular and Kristen Press can score spectacular goals solo goals um, very few people are, are as good at her in the world I think at cutting and creating space uh, for for herself to get off her shot she's got a great right foot she's got a great left foot. Um, it's, you know, it's kind of all there. And I think it, she has to be a little greedier. Uh, and I think, if, but I think if she keeps scoring goals like that, this is going to keep, this is going to keep coming. Uh, and it's hard to, you know, it's hard to argue it's hard to that. Argue. Uh, I mean, she, what I, what I will say she seems to lack is the, that the sort of obvious goals, if that makes sense. The, uh, the, the closer goals, the, Sort of yeah. the the team the team goals. She's definitely she either scores a worldie or she's nowhere to be found. Yeah, she's not a you know she's not a natural like center forward who just like knows where to run right. She's not like a 
she's not like a you know like an Alex Morgan or like an Ellen White or yeah, yeah. um you know or like a Sergio Aguero right where you're just like how do they know the ball was going to end up there um but uh she has a lot of other gifts uh and you know particularly if she's played on the flank i mean Car- Carly Lloyd is more of that player right Carly Lloyd is yeah. Uh, is a finisher, you know, par excellence, you know. Well, so, speaking of, right, so Carly Lloyd gets this second goal. It mm-hmm. comes from a beautiful, beautiful Lindsay Horan assist. Just yeah. perfect. Um, and Carly Lloyd finishes it off. So to your point, yes, Carly Lloyd seems to be in the right place at the right time a lot. However, it's, uh, it's not a high percentage of those chances that she's putting away at the moment, in, in recent at- memory. At the moment, I think, um, you know, I think she had a lot of missed opportunities in the CONCACAF qualifying, but all of the team did. Uh, And she was lethal in the friendlies before that against Sweden and uh, and Costa Rica. I mean, she had two goals against Sweden uh, and uh, and a great goal against Costa Rica. Uh, She had the best goals that the U.S. scored uh, in, in those two friendlies. Uh, and she had a great goal today and she was inches away. I actually don't know how, uh, later on after her goal, she had another opportunity, uh, in the box where she had a beautiful touch and just powered it. And the ball just kept rising and right right over the crossbar, but it was was... a beautiful strike. I don't know. I don't know how it didn't. That was harsh. That was harsh. That that looked like it was gonna that that it, everything looked right and yet no and she looked yeah. almost, she looked almost like it looked almost like it was hard for her to believe that it didn't go in you know that that was the look on my face I I did not understand how a ball struck that cleanly <laughs> from that distance it's like didn't go didn't go in I was like I I was I was shocked I even didn't in know the how even in the replay I'm like that looks like it's going in yeah. Yeah, so uh, I think Carly Lloyd is rounding into form. Uh, okay. okay, you know this is still preseason, and she's the captain. Uh, she's the captain out there, which is a she's big the captain. She's, I mean, she's come a long way, so to speak. Um, obviously, she's she's been at the peak, but I think you know she she really is cre- creating a presence for herself on the on this current this Vlatko era version of this team. Yeah, and you know I think this leads us to an interesting kind of discussion about what all these players, what different players bring to the table, right? So, uh, you know, we just talked about Kristen Press and her ability to score brilliant goals. Uh, she also has a lot of pace on the wings. She doesn't always show that off as much, but she's got a ton of pace and she's got a pretty good set ball uh, delivery, not as good as Megan Rapinoe, um, but but really, really good. Carly Lloyd... Uh, scores a lot of goals uh inside the penalty box has a nose for goal has like a lust for goals uh but also uh is really good at battling really good uh positionally um is a devastating header of the ball one of my well, one of my favorite things in terms of the battling one of my favorite things about her is that even if she doesn't score she's she is very frustrating to play against she's just always yeah. in there yeah she also never seems hurt like she seems, she when there's a collision <laughs> or a tackle, she'll be like, "Ow!" But she's never like hurt. 
yeah, like, hold yeah. on, I need a minute to recover. I mean, you know, this is selective memory. But certainly uh, for someone who goes into as many confrontations as she is, I, she just, you know, doesn't get, doesn't <laughs> seem to feel pain. It's more like an annoyance, you know. <laughs> um, so, but also the one of the things that the U.S. did in this game which is part of why England, I think, didn't look so good, uh, is that we pressed them. We pressed them very high mm-hmm. uh, and pretty um, pretty persistently and tenaciously. Uh, and Carly Lloyd was, you know, at the forefront uh, of that press. I mean, everyone else was doing that work as well. But, you know, she was kind of the tip of the spear and the trigger for the press. Uh, and, you know, at, you know, age 37, right, to have the legs to do that, for you know it's fucking you crazy. know the majority of the game it's crazy uh, and it, you know really and is. to be trusted to have to have the knowledge and experience to be the one that triggers that press i mean yeah uh, it's not really... all, it's it's like knowledge it's 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 the tactical know-how and it's the physical ability and it's the will the will to do it like at her age there's no one on planet earth that i would rather have cueing the press it's pretty it's pretty remarkable and you know also against sweden when we were in that 4141 formation she was the tip of the spear then you know she was also the one triggering things driving forward covering a lot of space uh on her own um so you know she's certainly she's certainly exceptional um in part of this conversation of like you know who brings what to the table yeah uh i think that um you know lindsay horan uh also now comes to mind uh you know she had a game of ups and downs uh as you said she had that beautiful chip uh from close distance with great vision to find carly lloyd perfection uh and uh you know if you'll remember in the world cup it was uh her chip to the head of alex morgan running through that was that set up um, Morgan's goal against England uh, that led to the teacup celebration. Uh, so, you know, uh, Lindsay Horan likes to chip England uh, and leave them exposed. Uh, and I think she has a lot of uh, assists like that, both for her club team and for the national team. Uh, Lindsay Horan, in my opinion, is the best player on the team when it comes to solving space uh, finding space, knowing where the space is, uh, and and distributing um, even when under pressure, uh, and that was on display with that goal. But you know her low point was uh, you know she should have had a goal in the first uh, twenty minutes of the game uh, where she makes a late run down the left. It's chipped to her, I think, by Tobin Heath. Uh, the English defender kind of uh, dives dives for it, gets a leg, but flicks it up into Haran. Haran is one on one, and the goalie just you know just outside of the penalty spot, and uh, she really should finish from there. And uh, she puts it a little too close to the keeper, who makes a nice save, and then the rebound. Uh, she kind of gets tangled up going for the rebound, uh, and so that was disappointing. I will say as a as a perhaps a something that partially maybe explains why she didn't put that away because she is a pretty good finisher is that about four minutes earlier there had been a really bad sort of sliding tackle collision um 
with one of the British defenders. It was sort of like a 50-50 yeah. ball. That's and she got I, caught really, really hard. I was, I was, I had, uh, I actually, I was flashbacks of, um, uh, that's, you know, how Stu Holden got his really bad knee injury and like a sliding tackle similar yeah. to that with like you Johnny get, Evans. And you get cold sweats with Lindsay Horan because she struggled with injury. Um, and, and actually that play was where my mind went immediately when we were talking about Carly Lloyd being somehow um, immune to stuff like that. Every time Lindsay Horan is in a crunching tackle, I get a little worried. Yeah, Lindsay Horan is a player who finds a tackle. Like she... She takes a lot of punishment, and she gives out a lot of punishment. Uh, and that is, you know, both a strength and a weakness of hers. Uh, I will say that in the heavy tackle department, um, as good as the chip was, maybe my favorite Lindsey Horan moment of this game was, um, uh, you know, lo- not long after the, the second goal, maybe five, six minutes later, uh, remember how we were talking about Stanway and the hair pull? Um, there is a, in like the 60th minute or so, uh, there's a moment where Lindsay Horan just lines up Stanway and just flattens her. Uh, and uh, it was pretty, I think that was a pretty clear uh, message, you know, uh, delivered. Uh, and I think that Horan is kind of the ideal player to do that uh Ertz can but i think it's it's most in haran's locker uh and i think sometimes you know you need a little bit of someone who's going to uh you know is going to police that sort of thing especially if the referee isn't uh and yeah. she wasn't in this game yeah yeah so let me ask you and i'll probably ask you this every episode uh in the near future are we seeing a Vlatko that is presenting a different USWNT look? Or are we seeing a Vlatko who is slowly realizing that Jill Ellis had it right the whole time? Because this doesn't look that much different than what we saw uh, in the World Cup. Uh, I would say that the press is very different. So I think that there's the the the. Standing the starting formation and personnel is very, very similar, but the tactical approach uh, is, I think, very different. Uh, I mean, Ellis has pressed in the past, but even the way that we pressed, I mean, we seem to press actually very differently. Like there was times where I was watching and, you know, I don't have I don't have the tactical I don't have the tactical acumen of. Uh, you know, the color commentators, whether it's Julie Foudy or Ali Wagner, or, you know, uh, there are things that they see that I definitely don't see. But, uh, you know, there were times where we seemed to be pressing in very different ways. Um, almost at times it was almost like pressing with like a front three or it looked like we were pressing almost like we were in a four, two, three, one. Other times it was almost like a box um, of like two fours and two midfielders almost in a press. And so I think there was actually a lot going on uh, in terms of tactical adjustments to really unsettle England and never let them never let them have a route out other than looping it long or trying to uh, trying to have their player win a 50-50 battle with Julie Ertz, which, you know, good luck. So that I think was different. Um, but 
But, you know, I think admittedly, a lot of the personnel was was very similar. So I think we're going to have to wait to see the full tournament uh, to see how much how much changes. Uh, and Vlaco has said from the beginning that he intended to kind of make incremental change, that he wanted the U.S. to keep progressing. So... I think he's maybe going to, my hope is, because I am hoping for more experimentation, and my hope is that we'll see it a little bit more against Spain and Japan, both in terms of uh, personnel, um, but uh, also formation. Because I do think that uh, there can, the U.S. might need some freshening up uh, in a couple of positions. I do think that uh, Crystal Dunn and Kelly O'Hara didn't really have great games. Um, hmm. They were, you know, they were fine, but I thought Crystal Dunn, her touch was a little loose and she didn't really get into the attack uh, in the way that I expected and got um, caught, I think, a little bit out of position uh, by Paris on a few occasions. Uh, similarly with Kelly O'Hara, um, you know, we weren't, tested in a you know in a protracted way uh it was we were attacking most of the time they didn't have bad games you know you know who i thought did have a bad game like really surprising uh surprisingly mm-hmm. bad was tobin heath is that fair to say i just i just felt like it wasn't it wasn't there i never saw i didn't get a tobin heath moment even megan rapino in her sort of cameo which was more than a cameo had some real moments and feels like an asset in a way that i'm not sure that i'm getting it from tobin Heath. uh i thought tobin had an indifferent game although i thought she was actually better than in Concacaf qualifying um you know she had a strong shout for um drawing a penalty kick by driving into the to the area against the defender uh, she had a great square ball um right to the feet of carly lloyd that uh, in that first half, that probably should have been an assist. Um, Carly Lloyd really doesn't catch it well uh, and kind of scuffs it, and it's an easy save. But, um, you know, she was breaking people down on that right side. Uh, I think she had a bit of a rush of blood to the head after the hair, uh, after the, the non-call and the penalty kick um, and uh, kind of had a wild shot from a poor angle where she probably would have been better off passing so i thought she was i thought she was more solid um but she was a little bit uh you know she wasn't it wasn't her strongest game so your eyes are your yeah your eyes are more on the wingbacks though so maybe some tierna davidson action i would like to see i would like to see some casey short um cool uh, I would like to see Tierna Davidson. Well, tell us about Casey Short. I don't know a lot about her. Yeah, so Casey Short is um, a natural fullback. She is consistently, she plays for the Chicago Red Stars, which got to the championship game this year um, and lost to the uh, North Carolina. Uh, she can play both right back and left back. She's a dedicated fullback. Um, she consistently makes the you know best eleven um, 
for NWSL, and most people who watch the NWSL consistently consider her to be the best fullback in the NWSL. She was the biggest shock omission off of the World Cup roster uh, when uh, for this past year under Ellis. Um, she had been called into camps, you know, consistently for the past couple of years. She hadn't gotten very much playing time, um, but, uh, you know, her getting omitted for essentially Ali Krieger kind of at the last minute was really surprising to a lot of people. Uh, so Casey Short, I would like to see on the field because I, I do think that Crystal Dunn, you know, is being played out of position and uh, she does a very good job there. It's not like, oh, I think Crystal Dunn, uh, you know, should get cut from the team or, or, or stinks or anything, but she is a incredibly talented attacking player, both in the midfield and on the front line. Um, you know, she led the NWSL in scoring, I think like three, four years ago or something like that. Uh, and so if you've got a talented you know, relatively locked down fullback, um, then I think that that allows you to do certain things um, that you're struggling to do otherwise. Um, And I think she's probably for the Olympic roster, she's in competition with, uh, I would say, Ali Krieger and uh, Emily Sonnet. Uh, And Krieger and Sonnet, are a little bit more versatile than short in that they can play fullback as well as center back. They can pretty much play anywhere along the back line. Um, I don't think Ali Krieger can play left back, but she can play right back and center back. Um, but is Casey Short a better fullback than Emily Sonnet? Um, I would say most people think the answer to that is yes. Yeah. So, and I would like to see Tierna Davison, who's really struggled with injury a lot of this past year, uh, but who gives you options uh, as potentially a left back, although I think she's better as a left sided center back. Uh, but, you know, maybe that allows us to go in a back three and we play around with, uh, you know, with that a little bit more. If Crystal Dunn is a wing back, I think that that allows certain things that, uh, that you, that you that is more difficult to get out of her at fullback, so I'd like to see that. Uh, and but you know we'll see uh, what what Vlaco likes to do. I will say that most of the people who came in as substitutes in this game, Lynn Williams, um, Megan Rapino, um, Jess McDonald, I think all struggled to find the game a little bit. It was a it was a little bit of a weird game. Yeah, Lynn Lynn Williams had some rough moments, but you know the 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 potential is there. She's in the right place at the right time. She just had some little awkward uh, transition moments. Yeah, it was a weird it was a weird game. Uh, the the energy of the, in the game, like the last twenty minutes or so, was was kind of strange. It was like this should be an intense rivalry, and like it's not like England is not responding and kind of attacking kind of what's kind of going on here. So, yeah. um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing uh, more of those players upcoming. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Spain and Japan here. Um, we, there's no telling, right? So Vlatko seems to um, play it safe in uh, pivotal moments 
And although these are friendlies, there's still something to be won here. And he played it safe versus England, um, I think, with the lineup. So it's hard to say what we're going to see versus Spain and Japan. But I am curious to know what you would want to see, I guess, given the roster that you have available. Um, what do you want to see in, in these two games coming up? So for, for those who don't know, it's uh, Sunday the 8th versus Spain. Tune in. And then, uh, and then it's uh, Wednesday the 11th versus Japan. So for Spain, I would say I want to see two things. Uh, I want to see um, some player rotation um, because I think we we need to find out about these players, um, uh, you know, who we're going to take to the Olympics. But I would also like to see uh, the U.S. perform. So if, if Spain plays us the way that they did in the World Cup. Um, we had a lot of difficulties breaking Spain down. Um, we They had some... They troubled us on the counterattack a couple of times, uh, and they were very technically good and very tactically aware. And we, you know, we didn't score against the, in the run of play against them. We had two penalty kicks, um, which... Um, you know, we're penalty, you know, we're, I think, correctly awarded, but we're on the softer side. If the same thing happens, and the time before that when we played Spain, we had a similar experience. We ended up beating them one nothing um, on a great solo goal from Kristen Press. So I would like to see us improve on breaking down a, a strong, tactically aware, technically gifted European side, because I think that's what we're going to see more and more um, uh, as other teams. Like, I think, you know, if we were going to play, let's say, Netherlands, that's what we saw a little bit, but I think that's what we can expect from, like, Italy as they rise and, uh, you know, a few other teams. Those are those are kind of my aspirations for what to see. Um, and I, I'm curious as to, um, you know, who we put in to try to accomplish that, um, what sort of formation we do. So it's a it's a strong physical side. Is that what it is? They're not. It's not so much that they're physical. They're they're kind of like, uh, I would say, for the club team. I, I think maybe you could think of them as being similar in many ways to Atletico Madrid, um, mm-hmm. in that they are, you know, they're very skilled, but they're also very very organized, very team yeah. defense, and you know are clever about when they foul. Um, I think that was a game where in the World Cup where I think that was the game where Alex Morgan took the heaviest beating, um, just a lot of kind of crunching tackles on 50-50s uh, that probably should have been controlled better by the ref than it was. But um, but so not necessarily dirty, but they're going to push you physically. And then when they get the ball, it's difficult to get it off of them because they can, you know, pass very well in tight spaces. So um, what's one player that you'd like to see uh, either get a chance or someone who's already gotten a chance who you want to see have a moment? I would love to see Andy Sullivan get a chance at the six at the defensive midfield position. Nice. Uh, And Julie Ertz either get a rest or um, get played at center back. Because 
I think that um, Sauerbrunn and Dahlkemper did great during the World Cup. Uh, but are they our best center backs? Uh, I think Julie Ertz... I mean, Julie Ertz is arguably the best player on the team. Uh, she's certainly... She's certainly maybe the most important player on the team. For her club team, she plays center back. Uh, in the World Cup in 2015, she played center back. And her going there was maybe, it was part of the key reasons that we won that tournament, along with, you know, Carly Lloyd catching fire. And so if we, it, it's an interesting question. What do we lose if we move Julie Ertz out of defensive midfield? But what do we gain with her at center back, um, particularly against uh, more talented attacking teams. Uh, and, uh, you know, is Tierna Davidson ready to uh, step up and take one of those uh, defensive spots? Uh, so I'm not sure I want to see necessarily Davidson start, but it would be interesting. Um, and Ertz and Davidson are, are, club, are teammates at the club level. Uh, oh, but I would say the player I most want to see is Andy Sullivan, uh, and then I would love for, I would love for Mallory Pugh to have a moment. Uh, you know, she's back with this squad. She has things to prove. Uh, I would say that this is maybe Spain is maybe the sort of team that uh, she might have had some difficulty with in the past. So it'll be interesting to see what she and Vlaco have been working on uh, to to round out her game uh, and to make her an even more dangerous player. All right. Well, there you have it. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, join us. We're going to get back together, Kwame and I, at the conclusion of the She Believes Cup. So there will there will have been two more games. We'll talk about those. And also, quick tease, stay tuned. There's a bunch of US MNT stuff going on towards the end of the month. So we have Olympic qualifying. We've also got a couple friendlies for the senior team. There's a whole mess of fun stuff going on. So stay with us the whole time. You got to do it. I know you're going to do it uh, because uh, you love us and we love you back. Uh, I especially like fake tans, um, which I was reminded of by the the uh, gaffer, as they say, of this England national team. Bill Neville, did you, did you, did you take a quick peep at the, uh, the shiny reflection coming off of his fake tan skin? I mean, I noticed. I kind of assumed it was real, but, you know. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. It. I didn't see anyone else with a tan on that team. Is he not with the team? Is he somewhere else tanning? Well, I mean, they've all been in their season, and I guess he's been preparing, so maybe he was in, you know, the, the Canary Islands or something. <laughs> yeah, Boca Rattan, just uh, taking notes. Um, I also like hacky sacks very much, you know. It's not quite soccer, but it kind of makes you feel like you're playing soccer and... And you can also not actually expend very much energy at all. And, uh, of course, like everyone on planet Earth, I love digipets. You know, real pets, whatever. I can do without them. Digipets, couldn't live without you, my friends. Um, but I don't love any of that stuff as much as I love the gnats. Let's go. Let's go. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people.